He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bellotified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bellotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the delicious, always optimistic Alexia Cristina Postelidis. Opa! <laughs> yes, Sue. That never gets old. I'm just going to tell you. Always delicious and always optimistic never gets old. Well, it really does nail the point right down because <laughs> that's exactly who you are even on your worst day Alex you've had a lot of them lately huh you're working hard these days you have a lot on your plate yeah. you know it's all good uh, but you're going to get through this school thing and you are going to be so high when you do that uh yeah you're just going to be filled with empowerment and ready to go out and conquer. Right. Yes. So this is just the me and my walker. I'll be crushing the world right. one That's one right. walker step at a time. <laughs> you and me both. Although I I think I'm gonna fancy me one of those uh, carts. You know, one of those little <laughs> knock them down if they get in your way kind of deals. You know, that's more my style. I'll be I'll be around behind you in my walker with my GoPro. <laughs> Okay. videotaping you oh my gosh i have visions of my father <laughs> yes. may he rest in peace at in las vegas on his scooter just mowing people down because <laughs> they were in his way it was just hysterical oh, oh Papa. bless you frank oh my you goodness my goodness it's been oh. quite a week you know and it's great because this weekend is our greek festival Yes, it is. Yes. And, you know, I hate to say this to you, Alex, because I'm a little sad about it myself, but the Greek church that's on Park Boulevard, mm -hmm. that's been mm -hmm. there forever. Yeah, I was well, baptized I, in that church. Oof. You're not going to like what I have to say. No, that's okay, because I don't I haven't been a part of it for a long time. Okay, well, that church is going away. Uh, that land's been purchased by a developer. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're going to put apartments oh uh, i know i know it's the only spot on that parcel you know that 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 yeah. that yeah patch of land between the park and hillcrest that doesn't already have an apartment building on it you know that church sits among all apartment buildings so it's a little sad that it's going away but yeah. the future is progress it is, is the future. It is. It is. Well, and, it's, and I, it's all good. I have to remind probably you and myself that if I was 30 years younger than I am now, I probably wouldn't care. I still would because there are lots of family memories, lots of weddings, lots of baptisms of and all that in 
that church. But um, now that Father Phillips, may he rest in peace, he's passed on. He was there. And then we followed him up to his church in Solana Beach. So I have been a part of that church for a long, long time. Um, it, it would have been probably a little more difficult had Father Phillips still been alive. But it's all, it's, sure. you know, it, it's the way of the world. And everything changes. Yeah. You know, but you might want to go to the the festival this weekend then because it might be one of the last. I know yeah. you've got so much on your plate. You're, you're probably already booked the entire weekend with schoolwork and I you am. know, Illy and all the other things you have on and your plate. And Brett Goldstein on Saturday night. Oh, that's right. You're going to see Brett Goldstein in his stand-up so on Saturday night. I am You're so excited. Okay, so will you count the F-bombs? Do you think you'll have the wherewithal to do so? I I'm, might be, yeah, I, I I will try. I'll, I'll try to get a rough estimate for you. It's going to be a right. lot. Yeah, I'm curious to know if actually there will be, you know, and, and whether or not that's just the character. Because, you know... Did you see the last episode? I did. Okay, so um, you know, he didn't really say the F word. He said fudge. But he says it a lot in his stand-up. I've watched some of it on YouTube. And he even says there will be a lot of F-bombs. Okay, great. There's even a disclaimer about it. So Okay, so you know, yeah. at some point, don't count anymore if you're just tired of counting. But I am curious. I'll, I'll, you I'll could get, say it I'll was count over a hundred quarter of the time, and then just you know, just multiply, multiply it. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Simple math. Yeah, there you go. So other than f bombs, what you got going on? What's on your mind? Well, uh, because of our guest today, I started thinking a little bit about celebrity booking mm. and even more specifically celebrity contracting. And so I would like to share this little tipsy. Let's get tipsy! Now, there are a number of celebrity contract clauses that fly in the face of event planning if you're not careful. But this one gets the least amount of attention and yet, if not handled correctly, could turn problematic on site. It's the one that says exclusive production control or exclusive control over the presentation. That's usually found in an artist contract and it in effect gives the artist control of the stage, the wings and the backstage area. Now, this clause is meant to ensure that the artist's setup plan remains intact, eliminating the potential for nasty surprises once arriving on site. It makes total sense from their perspective. And when, in fact, an event stage is completely dedicated to a celebrity, it makes perfect sense from ours as well. But when the event plan also calls for a presentation in addition to the celebrity performance, it's important the artist team is made aware of that fact and that shared production, shared production or presentation control is requested within the four corners of the contract where total control is asserted. Now. We're talking about any kind of plan to use the stage from, oh yes, the CEO will get up and quickly address the crowd to there are about 30 awards to present. Because not only will doing so help the management and production team understand that other activities will be occurring on the stage, thus you need to retain some control, it will help to lay the groundwork for future communications. And that, is my tipsy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yaya, you know, Yaya would agree with you. She had kind of a saying about this, 
um, let me see if I can uh, summon it. Pesmuti napo ala, pesti napo. Pesmuti napo ala, pesti napo. Very good. So you've been taking lessons at the church. It's about to be flattened. <laughs> I don't know what I've said, but I said it. Well, basically, what you said, in essence, was tell me what to say, but don't tell me what to say. So it was kind of Yaya's way of offering her willingness to collaborate and consider your point of view. I'm going to ask for help, which Yaya's don't do, always saving face. Right. I love that. I don't know that I could ever say that with a straight face. <laughs> but well, I know that Yaya could. Yeah, you're not a four foot ten Greek woman dressed all in black and just mean as I'll get out. So, you know, you might not be able to. She could do it very well. Mean, but with a heart of oh, gold, right? Yeah, no, my Yaya. Yeah. Yeah, my Yaya. She was, she was a sweetie. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why, thank you! So talking, speaking about hearts of gold, yes. I mean, we're talking platinum here with our guest. Um, just so delighted that he he agreed to be with us. So let's tell everyone who we have. It's exciting. It is very exciting. I'm so pleased to meet him. So our guest today has had quite an interesting life. Prior to his current career, he was part of the development team for Eglin's Best Eggs and developed and patented the technology for printing on eggs. And he designed the technology for environmentally controlled poultry houses, which I want to know what that is. He has spoken both nationally and internationally throughout Europe, the Middle East, and Asia on a variety of topics, including leadership and creativity. Mm -hmm. He serves nationally on the advisory board of the Parnelli Awards and on the board of the Lancaster County Community Foundation. He has a formal education in woodworking, computer science, and business management, which, as he puts it, is an oddly weird fit for what he does now. Mm -hmm. Please welcome the Vice President of Modular Systems Research and Design for Atomic, Mr. Rob Barber. Hi, Rob! <laughs> Thank you so much. So good to oh. see you both. Thank you. So good to see you and all true. Yes. Right? All true. It is all true, yes. <laughs> so our first uh, introduction to atomic design was through Rachel Finn, mm -hmm. and she was the the uh, face and voice for us for atomic design for many, many years before we met Rob Barber and got to know you. And so for our audience, I'd like to give them the same opportunity to get to know you a little better with our 10 quick questions 10 quick questions Yay! 10 quick questions <laughs> are you ready to go 10 uh, quick questions quick being the I, know, 
would you say? I said quick being the operative word, right? Quick being the operative quick word. Quick being the operative word. I'll do Alex my best. Has two minutes on the clock. I just already know that this Scorpio. is going to be cake for you. Oh, oh are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. All right. Number one. Rob Barber, do you believe in miracles? Yes. What color gives you the most joy? Purple. When was the last time you tried something new? Today. Hmm, what was it? <laughs> Can you tell me? It's a, a prototype. So we're trying new things all the time. So um, you mean try something new as in do something new or food wise, try something new Any, or anything. Anything. I yeah, think it all counts. So, yeah. So we're doing some zany stuff here with uh, some of our prototyping efforts. So yeah. Okay. Uh, more prototyping. <laughs> we have questions about this prototype. Yes. Uh, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think about you? Short. <laughs> really? <laughs> what is the most memorable oh. live concert, show, <laughs> festival, concert, theatrical event you've ever experienced? The most memorable, what, uh, one that you've seen. Wow, I have a list and I'm I'm quickly debating. I know I'm supposed to be quick. So I'm gonna, I almost wanna tell a story with this and, and I know we're not supposed to do that. So I'm just gonna say, believe it or not, um, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. There's, oh, there's wow. a story that goes with that. Okay. But, we'll, but, we'll get to that then, maybe. we'll ask. We'll, uh, we'll we will, I, I'll, we'll get there. Cause okay. I wanna know. Listeners wanna know, right. We wanna know. All right, uh, circles or squares, which is more fun to play with? Well, squares. Oh, what's the one thing you wish you could stop doing? Biting my nails. Oh, <laughs> Rob, if you were an egg, which, oh, of, these, geez. <laughs> which <laughs> of these, which of these would be printed on you? Hard boiled, over easy, or deviled? I'd like to say deviled, but probably over easy. <laughs> Both are equally as good. Yeah. All right, Rob, I am a tasty cannoli. What's in my filling? Oh, geez. Uh, buttercream. No chocolate chips? I'm always a fan of chocolate, for sure. Okay. It's the first thing that came to my mind. I, I'm sorry. No, no, it's I'm quite all right. It's quite all right. I just, you know, I just wanted to bring you to the chocolate. I don't like the fruit myself, quite honestly, you know, yeah. the dried fruit. So I was kind of curious about that. But all right, lastly, you're a fly on a super wall. Okay. Where has that wall been set up and who are you listening to? Wow. The first thing that came to mind was CeeLo um, in Las Vegas. Love it. Yeah. That's 10 quick questions. Easy, right? That was fun. Yeah, easy. piece of cake. I, I mean, think, sort of. <laughs> now it's easy. I'd like to say that we <laughs> feel you faced tougher questions at your own place of business. Yeah. Uh, mm. Alex managed to dig up that um, you <laughs> yes. can ask what your drink of choice is. Do you remember your answer to that? Oh, boy. That was a lot of years ago. I think I said life. You sure did, and what a great answer! Oh, thank you. Um, you you indicated that your alter ego superpower would be if you had one. 
boy, what did I say? I think it was a uh, uh, guy from the banana splits. I think I said. No, you you said that about if you were an animal. Oh, okay. You would be. Bingo. This was a long time ago. No, I'm really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but you would be bingo of the banana splits. Bingo of the banana splits. Yeah. But your superhero alter ego would have the power of time travel. Oh, okay. Which makes complete sense. I think. It sounds brilliant. It sounds it's like brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. But oh, they're all brilliant. I don't even. Maybe my superpower should have been memory. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd really have something on the rest of us. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's more about you're growing, and as we grow, we change, right? You don't want to be stuck Absolutely. in the past. So there you right. go. Because you're drinking up Absolutely. life. You can't drink up life and be stuck in the past. I. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Even the bingo of the banana splits answer is genius yep. because it's not a really well-known group. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. as as popular as some of the others. I couldn't tell you a single song, the banana splits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I, I grew up all my life as a child, way, way back, as far as I can remember, I was uh, definitely sort of walked the different path. You know, I was always a little bit of a weird kid um, getting into things and interested in things that um, a lot of other folks weren't so interested in. I played all the sports. I did all that stuff. But I also just, uh, I guess I had a quirky side as well. And so the banana splits uh, scratched that itch. So as a kid, um, did you feel you had a quirky side then? Or yeah, was this some, I did. Yeah? I did. And yeah. If you don't mind me asking, did did um did you feel like you couldn't connect with other kids because you had this quirky side, or was it just a natural thing that you just accepted about yourself and it was great? I, and yeah, I just accepted it because I was I was definitely that sports kid that you mostly right. saw around the neighborhood all the time, played all those sports, but I just. Uh, and this is going to sound like lip service because of my role at Atomic, but I've always had this infatuation with, with modularity. So I was always trying to figure out how to get something down to the lowest, most module. And, and it's weird. And, and through my early part of my career and even in, in my computer science and 27 years of being an IT director, uh, it was about writing code that was modular-based code so that it could be inserted elsewhere so that you only had it had multi-use to it i guess is the best way to, mm. to say it and so um i've just always been that way uh always trying to build things uh with tools i was probably too young to use and uh always gravitated to those types of things so so what were some of the things that you built as a as a kid yeah i, I um when my parents, it was probably, I think it was 12, and I remodeled my parents' basement into oh. like a, a rec room. Because uh, my father couldn't use tools to save his life, and uh, he would be the first to admit that. So he uh, he would pass and just let me run the show and, and, and do all of the woodworking and whatnot. Wow. Uh, 12? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest rec room. It was, it was, <laughs> there was a lot of learning to be had, but sure. it was, uh, it was a first stab at it. So I, this, this I, thought came to my head as you were speaking, a tagline for Mr. Rob Barber, building the box out of the box. Oh, geez. Yeah, I like it. I think I'll go with that. <laughs> 
But I so, had I had the classic job. At 16 years old, I pumped gas. I, it lasted one day um, <laughs> before I said, this is not what I want to do. And I, I borrowed money from my parents to buy a router and a, a jigsaw. And I made uh, wooden signs. This is, this is 16 years old in high school. And I just, I made those signs that said like the Smith, the Joneses, you know, and people would buy them and put them on their front porches or whatever. And uh, that's how I made my, uh, my gas money and my, my date money and, and whatnot, uh, rather than going the traditional, you know, punch clock kind of thing. Love it. Uh, um, so naturally, we did a little sleuthing on you, obviously. Uh -oh. But one of the things that I saw was uh, your Instagram, which, by the way, has got to be the most beautifully curated Instagram. I don't even know if it's intentional, but when you look at all of your pictures, you just scroll through them. They in itself, all, all of them together are beautiful to look at. Just the scroll itself is just so oh, gorgeous. You. So Thank you uh, so much. Absolutely. Uh, but there's one, um, it, it might be, yeah, it's a video that you did after you transformed a barn door that apparently was was uh, old and needed to go, um, separating your living space. And you took that out and you put in a slider, a really incredible floor to ceiling. It looked to be 16 inches uh, wide. It was, I mean, 16 feet wide. It was really, yeah, it was very large, big. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And you did that during COVID. I did, yeah. Yeah, I had to stay busy. You know, I mean, I think we all had uh, all sorts of eyes and, and type things that we did. But, um, I, you know, there was a lot of free time on our hands. And so I, I did that renovation. I also renovated our master bathroom. And so just had to keep busy because I'm, I'm, I'm a tinkerer at, uh, at heart, I guess. So my next question yeah. is, when are you coming to visit? Oh, I would love to come visit. Um, yeah, we can we can certainly I'll make that visit. happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we had had an office in LA, um, and um, we've since well, we still have offices for our account management team in LA, but we moved our warehouse to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, for long story reasons. short, you know the whole rent thing, and 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 and, and just uh, trying to find real estate when our our lease was coming up in LA was like needle in a haystack it was ridiculous which is saying a lot if you move to las vegas because either one would assume there's plenty of business in las vegas to be there anyway but then one would also yeah. assume that it's worth the drive back and forth to la yeah it's still yeah. cheaper to make that drive and you know san diego's no big deal anyway because it's yeah. it's just a little bit longer um, but yeah, when we look at the show, we sort of look, uh, we put like a radius, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, around Las Vegas or here in Pennsylvania, where our corporate headquarters are, you know, that three hour radius hits New York City. And to us, that's a, that's a, that's a local delivery for all intents and purposes. We ship all over the world. So getting a show out in three hours is, is totally doable. Mm -hmm. so we look at the, anyway, what, yeah, Go ahead, please finish it. No, no, I, I, would, I would just, I would just, that, that was it. Just that we sort of, you know, analyze it that way. Well, one of the questions that what we prepared today was exactly about how efficient 
you are, your operation is, um, mm -hmm. including the process of selecting the right systems, the condition and accuracy of the shipment when it arrives on site, um, the process by which uh, it is sent back. Uh, your team is on it. And the question is really about the culture there at Atomic Design, because everyone takes such ownership of their work and their position there, that it yeah. feels to us that there must be some special sauce going on, <laughs> being given out there. I appreciate you saying that. It's um, it, Culture is definitely uh, something we work very hard at. It is, it is paramount, uh, I believe to running a successful business. Um, and I, I would even take that and rewind that back to earlier parts of my career where I was uh, in the agricultural industry as an IT director. And um, we were very heavily, um, you know, had our finger on the pulse of culture and, and it being one of the most important things to work on. And I'm a firm believer, I, and everybody here at Atomic uh, from the leadership team feels the same way. Um, if you lay that foundation, if you lay those tracks, uh, we feel very, very strongly that um, the parts and pieces necessary, they come together. I mean, you know, humans, they want to be treated like humans. I mean, we're, we're all adults. We don't have to treat other adults like children, right? It's just uh, giving people their space to create and, and think outside the box and, and own and be responsible and take part in what they're doing. Uh, we, we welcome that and we want to be sponges for that, for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I see it reflected um, at some of the TSEs that we've been at together. There have been many that we've worked on together, the special yes, event shows. And as a leader, you exhibit uh, a real team-oriented quality about you. You are right there with your team in the trenches, helping out. You're not standing around pointing fingers telling people where to go and what to do. And that just speaks to the culture as well. Yeah. If, you. if you don't mind me saying, I knowing you as, I don't know you very well, honestly, we, we had a few conversations, but just yeah. my impression of you is that you wouldn't have even gone to work at Atomic many years ago if you felt that the culture could be anything else but what it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, this this job for me has been um, the most rewarding job of, of my adult career um, for a lot of simple reasons, quite honestly. Uh, it's, the, it's the respect that the company gives each other. It's the, the canvas that they allow me to paint, um, you know, every day. And, um, and I had that in my uh, job as an IT director and I apologize for bouncing around, but when I left the IT position after 27 years, I went to become the vice president of Avis of Pennsylvania, and um, it was not a good gig. It was not good at all. It was a company that really was uh, in need of some culture, and um, it just, it really just drained me. It, it sucked the life out of me, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. and um, I was very, very uh, sad and depressed and, and mm -hmm. pouting around the house and you know all that stuff I really found um, and when I came to Atomic I really found that energy return to be honest with you and so I, I appreciate you saying what you said and getting my hands dirty and rolling my shirt sleeves up I, that that's the that is this whole company to be honest with you uh, from from 
every position down, you know, from the top of leaders position all the way down through our, all of our other staff. Everybody's here to pitch in. Um, we'll all load a truck if we need to load a truck. Uh, it's just, it's great. You know, it's, there's nothing more, we, we refer to it as gig time and there's nothing more uh, fulfilling and there's nothing that's more uh, rewarding than gig time. And so uh, we could be coworkers for 10 years and you could be in accounting and I could be the guy down the hall that sees you at the water cooler. But until we get gig time, until we get time on a floor at a show and we roll up our shirt sleeves and we build that show and the most, the coolest thing I think about the live event industry is that when that curtain time comes, that curtain time comes. And so, you know, it's, it, there's no delays. It's happening when it's happening. And you build a bond with a person. I'm convinced a thousand percent you build a bond with a person that's unlike any other bond you can build. And I've got folks here at Atomic that I've done one show with 13 years ago, and we had that bond from 13 years ago. Wow. It's it's much like the families that are created when you go on tour or when you're doing a show yeah. in a theater. It's the same feeling, right? Because you're all in it together and it is a team approach. It's There's a realization that it can't be done with just one person. It really does take the team. Yeah, uh, it does. Let's talk about your product for a moment. Um, okay. So Atomic Design is a modular staging system that comes in a variety of, of options in terms of looks and uh, what you can do with the pieces, how you can build them, how you can customize them. Uh, you helped to bring this product to life. Am I correct in that? Did you come up with this idea? Um, our team came up with the idea. It's definitely a team effort. And um, I, I mean, at the time I came on Atomic, we had a rental. To do. So um, just to rewind for just a quick moment, uh, we have we had at the time uh, four business units. We had a production services business unit. We had a custom fabrication shop that would build big things that have never been built before. Madonna needs a 50-foot giraffe. Custom fabrication would build that. Um, rental division, which I was hired to head, uh, 13 years ago. And then we also had a design division. So um, when I came on 13 years ago, it was sort of a, you know, we had this rental division and it was growing, but it was, wasn't, it didn't really have, you know, it didn't have the leadership that it needed. It didn't have the time that it needed because when Ozzy Osbourne was coming for a chat or coming for a show or whoever, Kiss was coming in the door with a show, everything dropped and that all attention went to that, that custom fabrication or that design or that production of that show. So rental sort of was just like limping along. And um, we have different ownership now than we had then. But at the time, some of the ownership, uh, still a family owned business, but we had some other partners uh, back in the earlier days. Um, and all the ownership wanted to really kind of grow the rental division. They felt it had some possibility. And um, so, I don't know, sometimes we, we joke that they, you know, they hired me to be the parent, so to speak, because we're just, we are, we are a bunch of kids at the end of the day. We, we, we try to have as much fun as we can. And uh, we don't want to do anything that harness, that um, hinders the creativity or stifles the creativity. So you get some zany things happening sometime. Um, but they brought me in th uh, 13 years ago to sort of grow it. They wanted me to do two things. Uh, they wanted me to grow the company uh, geographically and they wanted me to grow the company uh, through product development. And they wanted 
12 products a year, so one a month, and um, they wanted to grow outside of central Pennsylvania, which is where we were located at the time. Uh, so since then, we've, we've, we've managed to do about 10 products a year for the past 10 years. And COVID is sort of an asterisk, we all know that, but there's about 100 products that we've developed over the past 10 years. And, um, and then we've grown geographically. We've got offices, as I mentioned earlier, in Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas, Miami, um, Tokyo, and Singapore. And we have offices in Germany, uh, operations there and employees there. And um, so, you know, over that time period, we were able to kind of pull off those products and pull off those, uh, those, those openings of those operational facilities. It's been a ton of fun. And again, they're giving me the, you know, kind of giving me the, the baton or letting me letting me you know execute run and execute so it, it feels really good and it's really rewarding well i have to assume that business has grown exponentially over yeah. the years the rental side of that business and yeah. um perhaps even at times has helped the entire company stay afloat yeah yeah it it has it, it, it definitely it's it's a it's a it's an awesome diversification yes. uh, plan if you can imagine because you've got one segment or two segments of the business that are um you know they're really kind of addressing jobs as they come in in large fashion and so that can be very spiky at times you know uh whereas the rental now we call it modular systems but the modular systems uh Model is a little, um, little bit more flattened and and um, easily forecasted, I should say. We we make these jokes that um, it, when a job would come in to the custom fabrication division, they would shoot off you know shoot off a cannon to celebrate. Hey, we got this job, bow, you know. And then in, in in the modular systems division, we'll say we have a little bell and we just ring it. <laughs> but, uh, but but we ring that bell four thousand times a year. So, right. Um, so yeah, we do about four thousand shows a year. Wow! Wow! Uh, worldwide, and they have um, they come in all shapes and sizes, as you probably can imagine, from small little co corporate gigs in a hotel ballroom to to large tours and uh, sets that kind of move around. Uh, so, like I said, and, and industries, live events for sure, but we have a, a fairly decent uh, presence in the in the worship industry. Believe it or not. Um, that takes a fair amount of our products. But uh, the one thing that's escaped me for my entire time here is, you know, when I came in, it has grown exponentially, like you said, but there was this 25% of every job or 25% of the jobs that were coming in on an annual basis were literally like overnight jobs. And I thought, well, I can fix this. This is easy. You know, we're just going to get clients to nail down their jobs sooner. So here we are, 4,000 shows later, 4,000 shows a year later. And we still have 25% of our shows that the phone will ring today and the show will go out today. Mm -hmm. um, overnight to Dallas or overnight to Seattle or whatever. Um, we still keep trying to like whittle that down, but it, it just seems, seems can't just get, our, uh, get a hold of it. No, but maybe it could just be the icing on the cake. Right. 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 Yeah. So you you have an endless array of looks, and you you just mentioned you do a, a variety of industries you work in. Um, in terms of how the product has been engineered, given all of the different types of performances and and uh, uh, types of productions you do support, have 
those differences help to shape the product at all? They have, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they, uh, without a doubt, they have. They, they, they motivate, they inspire. Uh, when we look at products and the coming of new products, um, there's, there's a couple attributes that the product always must have. Um, everything we do is no tools required. So um, that makes any one of us on this call able to put the thing together without having to have uh, special labor or certified, certified riggers or certified mm -hmm. carpenters or whatever the case may be. Um, and uh, so, so it's no tools required, low skills required. And everything needs to fit in a box to be shippable. So um, we're able to ship all over the world with, you know, less than load LTL shipments all the way down to FedEx and UPS. Um, so we those attributes go into the beginnings of a product, and then certainly some of the pretty side functional. So from a functionality standpoint, you know, we're all about building a system. To be honest with you, so this modular system is is Lego blocks for adults. You know, they're dump a pile on the table, all of us are going to just build something different. It's almost guaranteed it's going to happen that way. And so for the longest time, and I don't want to take credit for it, it just happened around the time I was starting, we were always renting these, these backdrops. So I'll give you a, for instance, if, if you were calling me for a 50 foot wide drape uh, that looked like an Austrian, um, you know, we might have that drape and we would rent it to you. But if the next person coming in wanted the 30 foot, we may or maybe, maybe didn't have that drape in that size. So we stopped, we stopped designing uh, fixed pieces, so to speak, and we started designing modular pieces. And so I use that, that Austrian as an example, 50 foot wide Austrian that's 30 feet tall. It weighs about a thousand pounds. It's about the size of a small car. And for me to ship it to Dallas costs thousands of dollars. So we won't even get in that industry unless we can make a difference. So when we stepped back and started to look at the Austrian as a whole, uh, we decided that we could get in that. So I can build that same 50 foot wide Austrian that's 30 feet tall. Instead of it weighing a thousand pounds, it weighs 78 pounds. Instead of being size of a car, it fits in a 24 inch cardboard box. And it ships via UPS to Dallas for about a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So now we have a differentiator. We've got something that clearly uh, wants to shake up and disturb that that market for that that drape, so to speak. Well, if we take that one step further, instead of building it 50 feet wide, we only build it five feet wide and 30 feet tall, and it's zipperable and zippers together. So now you can mix and match 12 different drape styles just by zippering them together. And so your look instantly becomes different than my, the way I would build my drape versus the next person might build their drape. And so all of those are just fundamentals that we bake into every product that we develop. It's a system. And as a producer, it makes it easier to determine a plan and to fulfill the plan, knowing that things can be are modular and are put together in that fashion. So, you know, for example, if I'm not sure whether I need a, you know, a 24 or a 20 foot drape, then I and, you know, go with the 24 and deal with it later and figure it out and not use a piece. You know, it's, it's, right. there's right. so much mm -hmm. flexibility on site. Yeah. Yeah. How sure. has, how, and, and, and it feels like the, the growth of atomic may be in parallel with the growth of LED lighting, but I'm curious to know, has the proliferation of that lighting 
helped your business in your eyes? Um, we don't do lighting. Uh, we no, you we don't. don't make lights. We don't build lights. Uh, I think it has helped. It's definitely helped. Um, what popped in my head first when you said that is, I think, and, and you may disagree and, and, and other producers may disagree, but I think lighting has gotten more affordable than what it used to be, or it's a less of a, it's less of the percent of the, of the budget per se. Um, and we're seeing some trends there too, that I'd be happy to talk about, but um, just at the surface, look at it. I think, you know, lighting is a very much a part of the products we design. Um, our founder of our company worked in television for years. And um, so we, we go through a number of, in a series of steps when we're prototyping of what's it look like in natural light? What's it look like in television when it's being lit um, with uh, television cameras? What's it look like in a live event in a ballroom with light on it? And um, I think we do, our team does an amazing job of picking raw materials and fabrics that just really want to dance with the light. And uh, we'll choose that more expensive yeah. fabric that's just going to just pop and dance. Mm -hmm. Then we will a cheaper, more more sturdy, even 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 a sturdier fabric that just doesn't look amazing and it looks sort of dull. You know, we'll sort of turn our nose up at that. Well, I think um, from from my perspective as a producer, again, it's about flexibility and the looks take light so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you can use and led gives you the option to change color so easily and the colors are so you know uh bright and yeah. um what's the word i'm looking for they're vibrant vibrant thank yeah. you alex that um you know you can change the look of the stage easily with lighting yeah. so yeah. it does a it does a myriad of things yeah, yeah I, agree. I, I definitely agree with that. I think one of, you mentioned TSE earlier, and one of the things we try to do at TSE um, is we, we try to set the, the main stage, at, which ends up becoming the, the gala as well, uh, toward the end of the week. And we, we try to set the stage in a way that it transforms literally in, in no time flat. And whether that's lighting pulling off that, that gag, or whether we're literally uh, dropping product um, mm -hmm. or adding product in mm -hmm. a matter of minutes. Uh, that really shows somehow how a space can transform from one feel to the next in, in minutes is, uh, I think it, it definitely, it's definitely leaning toward the client and the producer with them in mind of how can we give you less pain points, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about getting rid of Anthony's pain points. Yeah. That's what it is. We appreciate that so much. And <laughs> Yes, and, we do. <laughs> and by the way, uh, all of us, including D'Angelo, have put atomic yep. design modular oh, pieces nice. together and Aww. all of us have dismantled them. And mm -hmm. uh, it's something that we, we kind of enjoy doing. I, There's something cathartic about it. Yeah, It is. It's meditative. I actually, in fact, the last time when I went on a, a job with you guys, when we went uh, to Florida in January and Daniel said, well, we're not going to need you to help build because we've got a team. And I was right really disappointed and I got to help I ended up uh working on them a lot and I was but I'm like no don't take that away from me mm -hmm. that warms my heart the floor that really does thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that oh, uh, absolutely there's something that goes into the design too to be honest with you and it's 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 the tactileness is that is that an, is that a proper word I'm not really sure that it is but just the, the tactile feeling you get mm -hmm. when you snap the lever and you 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 know we do we do it with 
in our cars when we put a seatbelt in, as odd as that may sound. But when you hear that snap, you don't look down. You just know that once you get that snap, that you're good. And so we put that attention into our products too, because you've got to visually get the, the check mark and you've got to get a feel for it that you've got the check mark. And, you know, we, we do a lot of shows with a lot of things and a lot of things up in the air and a lot of, you know, a lot of things being rigged and hung and, and whatnot. And it, safety is you know, number one and we've got to make sure that it feels safe. And so uh, we have, you know, we have, we have, uh, competitors that, that copycat some of our products mm -hmm. and um and that's fine i get it it used to piss me off it used to be 100 percent mad now i'm like 10 percent mad and 90 percent motivated to do something else <laughs> um but uh but you can see where the, the the corners get cut to be honest with you and i think that's i mean we see that in life in general to be honest with you whether it's one car to the next car one meal to the next meal or whatever you 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 don't get the same thing for the same dollars. It just, or for lesser dollars. I mean, you don't, yeah. You don't get the same thing. No. I wonder sometimes if I'm seeing your product when I go to a show or if I'm involved in a show what, that I'm not producing, uh, because I see it. I see what mm -hmm. appears to be atomic design product um, on some of my, quite a few of my association shows that I, you know, participate in. Uh, and even on some of the television shows that we watch, we, we see it. Yeah. 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 I had a hard time with that. Uh, uh, flattery was, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Imit imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah. I, I, I have a little bit of trouble with that sometimes that pill didn't go down so easily, but it goes down better now. I'm sure. I'm sure. Tell us quickly about the space kit, because that's a modular interior design product that's not necessarily uh, yeah. focused on events, but on on the home. On the I want one for my bedroom. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so we when COVID came along and uh, we all felt COVID, especially in the live event industry, we all paused for you know two years. Um, and we took it upon ourselves, you know, we, we, we looked at all the things that we could possibly do. We swept the floors and we did, you know, what we could do. And then we realized that, you know, we're a bunch of creatives and creatives need to create. So we, we leaned on uh, some muscle memory we leaned on some of the things that we learned through our modular systems over the years. And we just took a, and I hate to say pivot because everyone's kind of cringing now say by it. that word, but say it. We love it. We love it. We took, we pivoted. No, <laughs> we, we took a pivot and, and we, we focused our efforts on designing a modular interior decor product. Uh, it would lean into all the pain points, just like our modular systems do. Uh, there's no nails or screws that go on the wall. It's, it's put up with 3M's tape. Um, and I know that sounds like it's not safe, but trust me, we've gone through all the prototyping. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, the renters and people that can't um, put holes in their walls, love it. Uh, it's manufactured with, uh, it's kind of leaning into green. It's a recycled, upcycled, not recycled, upcycled rice hulls. It's a, it's a wood that doesn't rot it, or bow or anything it just wow yeah it's, it's it's wild so that so we we pivoted into that we started this company space kit and we were just running as fast as we could run and and you know um ignorance is bliss sometimes right like uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but we also created a, a tiny homes company yes uh, you did no yes so cool so yeah I... that's and that is that is doing very very well uh we've designed 
homes on wheels, which are classified as tiny homes. And then we also design modular homes that aren't on wheels. But we had no interest in the home business prior to COVID. If our phones would have rang, you know, we probably would have said we got the wrong number. Uh, but we had time on our hands and we have uh, some extremely talented people uh, that uh, I'll put them up against anybody. And they designed homes that are largely cut by CNC machines and snapped together and glued and screwed, but, but everything is done on a CNC machine and nothing fits better. There's no bowed studs. Everything just goes together like, like money. So it's, it's sweet. And it's a movement, uh, the tiny home. It absolutely movement. is, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know I, in a city like San Diego, it's just about where you can lay it down. But, uh, you know, the price of a home is, you know, yeah. outpacing yeah. what people I've are making. Some, yeah. Absolutely. I've had some conversations with uh, some people along the way that are maybe building um I'll say like a temporary movie, like a, a uh, like a campus almost, where they're not putting the, the talent in, um, you know, in in hotels. They're gonna they're gonna get twenty acres or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. and they're gonna plop down a little Village. campus while, for the yeah. next six eight months while they shoot their film. And um, so yeah, I, it's there's some really creative people out there uh, finding lots of ways to to be be creative. To it's be actually been popped into my head lately because I, I'm a native San Diego and I love my city um, and it is getting increasingly more expensive. And, you know, of course I have the, uh, the dream of the nice big house where everybody comes and gathers, but I've been thinking, huh, I wonder what the possibility would be of having two tiny homes and then bridging them with like a portico, right? Patio that mm -hmm. you can enclose yeah. as the yeah. entertainment space. So that you have room, but mm -hmm. it's affordable. Yeah, it, you're spot on. You really are. And that's that's the movement or that's the growth that you mentioned, Anthony, that's just sort of percolating and bubbling up. It's just uh, getting increasingly uh, more and more by the day. And they look incredible. I, I had to go on your atomictinyhomes.com site and take a look at what you're manufacturing uh, they just, they, they look fine. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'd like really to, yeah, I'd like to think that we, you know, we took, again, it's the, it's so funny because I think that it's, it really, it seems another world away from live events. It seems another world away from modular systems. It seems another world away from what we've been doing for the past 30 years. But when you peel back a little bit of the layer of the onion, it's really not much different. You know, um, we, the home is a system. We design the system, our modular products, our systems. Um, and then I think that we're, our teams are very, very good at making the pretty that goes onto the system. And so um, that's, that's where we come in, sort of converge, if you will, on live events. I think that we can design some amazingly beautiful sets and, and we're seeing that we can mm -hmm. do the same in home. So we've got good eyes. Our team has good, good eyes for uh, proper design really good eyes and and they pay attention to detail mm -hmm. uh, just one quick story about rachel finn mm -hmm. yeah. uh, when we were doing the special event leadership lunch in anaheim last year it was mm -hmm. a daytime event 
uh, there were windows in the room that um, were obviously light was shining in the room and she was very cautious about giving us something that would look really nice yeah. in the daylight and would then also transfer into something beautiful with light you know she just paid attention to that yeah. and she's a salesperson yeah. right i mean yeah. that's her yeah. yes. function yeah. she's, right she's an account manager yes just, just to illustrate how she goes above and mm -hmm. beyond just that to make sure Absolutely. that we're getting Absolutely. what we need god you know what it's so rare that when we get somebody like that who takes such good care of us mm -hmm. that we just yeah. you know we just say thank you yeah. just yeah well, it's just it's rare yeah it really is. i appreciate you saying that i really really do um rachel's our account manager in la and um uh, trying to think back how far back it was that we that we started the la location but um rachel she will always have a special place mm -hmm. in my heart she was the first hire in la and um, I, I give her a ton of credit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're 3,000 miles away and we're, we're trying to be a good company and we're trying to be good leaders and we want to have a culture. And it is very difficult. And this is, again, this is pre-COVID. So remote is not really a thing eight, nine years ago, uh, but she just took it and ran. And so I, I appreciate you saying that. I, that's very, very kind of you. Absolutely. And she, by the way, has an excellent way of negotiating those internal issues that come with being 3000 miles away and, yeah. and focusing us in the right directions. And what I mean by that is she'll say something like, you know, we may not have a enough of these panels close enough to you, you know, you might want to look at these two, because it'll help your these other two, because it'll help you know, you save money on the shipping and sure, those sure. Yeah. kinds of things that really, they're just so, so service friendly, so mm -hmm. customer friendly that it, it, it makes it a non, a non topic, a non issue to call. And D'Angelo, by the way, is the one who made the call to Rachel for the piece of business we did with Atomic uh, in Orlando this past year. Uh, oh, wonderful. You know, so he's he's totally in, in ingrained as well. Nice. And may I just say get quickly, I want to ask you about the the customization of those panels as well, because that's something you introduced a few years back that helps us because mm -hmm. once we're able to say to a client, let's customize these, then they become yours. Uh there's a, a willingness to continue to use that look over a period of time rather than just one and done. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a sweet spot, I think, in the, not, not just in live events, but it, I think there's a sweet spot as a in consumer world. Uh, you've, got, you've got custom things in life and you've got rental things in life. Um, and the two don't usually merge. And um, so we've always believed that there was an opportunity in this, this, this synergistic spot, if you will, where you've got this rental thing that can be reused. It's, it's, it's friendly to the environment because it's being mm -hmm. used many, many, many times over the course of its lifetime. And it has the ability to be customized. So um, it's sort of cake and eat it too, right? In some ways. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it sure is. Nice to hear you say that. And it's affordable. Yes. 
it is affordable to have them customized. You know, it wasn't something that I, you know, initially when I asked about the pricing the first time I did it, I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to afford this, but it was completely doable within the budget. So, yeah, I think, I think that's a, it's, that's an important part. So again, it's to your pain point. Like we all want things custom, right? We want to have that special feeling. And um, we, we work very hard to make sure that that special feeling uh, is, is as affordable as it can be. Mm -hmm. And that it works mm -hmm. absolutely uh, with the different applications that you offer yes. in customizing, mm -hmm. you know, that the right ones are chosen. Right. Do you use 3D printers? I'm curious. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, we actually print some of our connectors now. So we, we started back in the day with some of the sort of prototyping 3D printers, but we have a full-on uh, manufacturing quality printer that manufactures our levers now. And so that, that means that they're tensile strength tested and they're not just temporary things on the table. They're, they're literally going to production for years and they're used wow. for years. I just right. want to say to, and I know I know we have to move on, but I just want to thank you because you brought it up several times about your commitment to the environment and, you know, uh, upcycling and reusing and making things so that they last and don't end up after one use uh, in a heap. So that mm -hmm. that's just really awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, saying that. It's um, it's something we've always held close. I think it's definitely uh, more prominent now over the past three, four years. It's just becoming more and more prominent in, in the world as a whole, or at least in the United States as a whole. And I think that um, some of the earlier steps that we took, uh, not that we blazed the trail, I'm not, not taking credit for that, but that we took some early steps. It really, we learned a lot then. So now we're able to more effectively apply our learnings than if we were just starting up now and wanting to be quote unquote green. Um, so there is a learning curve. There is an incubation mm -hmm. period there, I think, to um, kind of get your, your wits about you and understand what, how you're going to approach it. Would you talk a little bit about, and please forgive my, if I'm not saying this correctly, yeah. we actually had a debate. Is it rock litits? It's uh, rock litits. Yeah. Litits. Litits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about rock litits. It, pardon me. We, we, yeah, then have, we get it all the time. It's all I'm good. sure. Um, <clears throat> which is basically a campus with seven studios, a brewery, a bike shop, a 125 room hotel, a gym with a ninja warrior course, restaurants, uh, and these seven studios, one of them being like huge. Yeah. What do you do there? So, we built this campus about, I want to say about six years, six or seven years ago now. But for the first, you know, 30 years of our business, we've been building and designing these massive tour sets that would go out with U2 and the Rolling Stones and, and, you know, a whole bunch of people. And we would send our crews out for weeks, if not months at a time to sort of train and hand off that, you know, that, that installation, that setup of the set. Um, and, you know, we found that our employees were on the road for 10, 12 weeks at a time, and they weren't seeing their families and they weren't with their children. And wouldn't it be awesome if we could create a campus where we could build the set here and bring the road crews here to learn how to assemble and strike and put back together this tour set. Uh, so we, we started with this campus and we started with the studio, the big empty size, roughly the size of a football field. 
It has a million pounds of rigging capacity. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's is incredible. the equivalent of a 747, a space shuttle, and 47 elephants that we can hang from the roof. And, yeah, I um, think I, I think I read it has a hundred foot ceiling. Is that yeah, true? It's, it's it's 88 feet to the grid and 100 feet to the to the roof. Yeah. Is that bigger than Radio City Musical? I'm curious. Do you even know? Boy, I don't even know. I'm going to say yes, but I don't know that for a fact. I, I would think it has to be. I, I think there are two or three floors underneath the stage there, yeah. but I don't know that it's it totals 100 feet. That's enormous. Yes. Yeah, How many big. elephants can you hang? Uh, 47. 47 elephants from the ceiling. Wow. Savannah or... No, <laughs> no it's it someone someone gathered up that data i did not gather up that data but someone gathered up that data and it's it's just always stuck with me when i heard it the first time yes uh, but but yeah they, we most mostly they're teching um and it, it, it grows as the campus grows but they're mostly teching large tour sets there um so we'll build it uh anywhere between um well usually three to four weeks that that's being teched and then mm-hmm. sometimes the talent comes in to rehearse and they bring all their choreography and all their dancers and musicians along and, and sometimes it's just the set being uh tech mm-hmm. there but we've teched other larger shows like radio uh, like wrestlemania and um the vmas and things like that there as well yeah. and, and so we we don't have it to use at our will like it's a, it's a rentable space so when we have a project that's bigger than what we can fit in our floors we'll oftentimes rent you know studio space to, to address that and uh you mentioned some of the names that you've built sets for and you've mentioned Katy Perry so would you like yeah, to share, I did. share I did. a little story yeah we had um so she was here this was this was boy this before COVID this was I don't even remember the tour that it was uh, and this was special because uh, everything was being teched out and it was the uh the day before she was going to leave and I forget whenever their shows pull out you know it's 15 or 20 tractor trailers it's 10 executive buses, you know, with drivers and caterers and whole nine. Um, but she did a, a full on dress rehearsal, full concert, start to finish in the studio um, for, I think it was about 100 or 150 of us. Uh, so it was, it was essentially a private show wow. um, to be able to, you know, just be there. And what, what made it so cool and why I think it's so special is, um, you know, that there's, there's certainly there's people that are in the industry that work it and know it like the backs of their hands. Um, but you know what, they're on the road a lot and they're out there doing it a lot. And this was an opportunity for employees that work here on the campus to bring their spouses and their children. And, um, you know, we put a lot of effort on, on family time and how important that is. So it was special to me. And I think it was special to a lot of people. And it, to my knowledge, there hasn't been another one of those, another mm-hmm. artist that has done a show like that here that privately so it was it special is a, it is a special thing um, and if if i could just point up the fact that this was a show that hadn't gone out on the road yet right. so the fact that she was willing to be vulnerable even though yeah. a small group in front of a group for a dress rehearsal says a lot yeah. about mm-hmm. the, the singer herself and uh her her ability to deal with whatever crap comes her way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Her menschability. Her menschability. I like that. <laughs> so um, you're also on the board of the Parnelli Awards, which yeah. uh, we try to sleuth a little bit there. Yeah. Is that yeah. live concert production 
Yeah, lighting designers, uh, uh, sound engineers. It really is an award uh, ceremony that that focuses on the folks that that light them, sound them, you know, drive all the technology behind it, uh, that manage the road crews, the the busing crews, and whatnot. Uh, so it really is sort of a a nod to the folks that put in so many hours of work. The unsung heroes, the yeah, faces, the exactly. people behind the you know backstage behind the curtain right it's those exactly. people that never really get any any do right and they are geniuses yes they are they are the magic that talented. they make yes yes it's just, it's sad how little uh appreciation most people have for the work that they do but it's also an indication that they do it so well mm-hmm. that people just take it for granted you know uh any other celebrity stories you might want to share uh, <laughs> you know i mean we like the good stories but you know if there's yeah. something you know just a little well you know dishy just, dish just, it's okay just a little just a little one uh now there, there there's 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 a number of stories but i was really touched we have this one <clears throat> drape uh called called batty and um it it really we stumbled onto the design of it somewhat uh we stumbled onto the design of it. <laughs> uh, we were hanging fabric that was that was fire treated, and it was sort of hung up like a diaper, you know. And it sort of looked like this droopy, saggy. It looked like a bat, and we, so we decided that we would try to turn that into a drape. And so we did, and um, it went out on a Miranda Lambert tour. And um, she she of course used it, and she, I think it was like the road Miranda Lambert ro- roadside and pink guitar tour. And um, she learned that the name of this drape was called the Batty. And so she had t-shirts made for all of her crew that said batshit crazy. Uh, <laughs> and so and she sent me once I have one in my office here at the, on a mannequin. But uh, yeah, that was kind of cool to you know, have the artist recognize the, uh, the work that went into, you know, into her set and, and kind of reach back. So that's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So we're getting that uh, dreaded signal. Secret, see, as they yeah. say. <gasps> the Palatified Five. Five questions for you. I hope you can answer them. Mm-hmm. All right. My Barbara. best. Barbara, here we go. What's your golden rule? What is your golden rule? You know, and this is uh, this is stealing a quote in some ways, but uh, from uh, I believe it's Walt, Walt Whitman. But it's stay curious and not judgmental. And I've heard it before. I wouldn't say it's my goal. I, I believe it. I, my whole heart, I believe it. I don't wake up every morning and say that to myself, but I believe it. And um, along with that, I think, is sort of this attitude and aptitude. And I, so I, I could be curious, but I also think that, um, you know, this attitude of, of coming to whatever it is you're addressing full on, you know, you're, you're coming 110%, um, laying into it, with a child's mindset almost and being curious in that way but also the aptitude and and that's that ability to really absorb and learn and really just 
like a sponge, you know, that unquenchable thirst, you know, just taking it in and constantly learning. So um, that's sort of my rule is I mm -hmm. always try to be learning. And at my age, I think uh, I watched my parents kind of get lost with the remote and then get lost with all these other things that the technology outpaced them. And so I, um, I believe I just need to stay curious and keep adapting uh, technology and what it brings. That's wonderful. I've read recently that that is the uh, the the qualifier <laughs> that they see in children who grow up to be successful is their sense of curiosity. The more curious they are, the more uh, they grow up to be successful in life. Yeah, that's how it keeps me young too. I, mean, mm -hmm. I work with predominantly younger people, uh, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, nothing better. Me too. <laughs> Power to the old people. Right. That's why I had a baby late in life. So that, you know, people look right. at me and go, oh, you, your daughter's only 18. Really? <laughs> Rob, what is one daily habit that you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? Um, my, my grandfather used to always say, um, run when they walk and walk when they run. And I, that has stayed with me. My grandfather uh, passed away when I was 15, but I always remembered him saying that to me. And, and again, I think we do it at times and there's times where we don't do it, but uh, when everybody is running or whatever it is, uh, we're walking. So we're a little bit more curious than everybody who's running after the thing. And then on the opposite side of that is um, run when they walk when people are assessing and determining we're running because we want to take, we want to take the risk when others aren't. Mm. Good advice. Yeah. When no one is listening, what are you telling yourself? Oh boy. Um, you know, I just try, I try to stay positive. I think um, there's just so much negativity in the world. Um, you know, social media can can be fun and nice, but it's mostly trying to you know. There's there's a lot of bad with social media and mm -hmm. bullying and you're too short, yeah. you're too tall, you're too this, you're too that. Um, it feels like at times everybody wants to take a swing, you know. And um, I keep telling myself that you have a choice. Uh, every situation presents a choice of how you're going to respond to that. Whether you're saying something complimentary to me or whether you're saying something um, mean-spirited or whatever to me, I have a choice of how I respond to that. And so I tell myself that a lot. Mm. I try to improve the, the situation. Also good advice. Mm -hmm. What is one change you'd like to see in the world then? Well, I probably should use that on the last question. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think would, you can. You know what I would say? I would say... We need to have an international cereal for dinner day. <laughs> and what would that cereal be? Oh my God. It could be anything. Cereal is the best. <laughs> God, I haven't had a bowl of cereal. I remember the last time. Now I want some. Oh my gosh. Now I have to ask yeah. you, what is your favorite cereal? Uh, it's Cocoa Pebbles, straight up. <gasps> no way. <laughs> I was pegging you for a Captain Crunch kind of guy, but okay. Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> I will absolutely eat any of it. 
Okay, I remember that, Alex. Yes. Um, <laughs> Rob, what, what is your why? Uh, I said it earlier when we were talking and um, I've just always been a tinkerer. You know, I think uh, just, and again, not to, not to play the curiosity card, but I've always just had this thirst for wanting to know how things go together, how they come apart, how to make them better, how to improve it. Um, I kind of blame my parents to some of that, you know, that, that overachiever uh, <laughs> child and the, the go, go, go of the parents, but uh, they're both past now, so they can't, uh, they can't come after me, at least not in this life. <laughs> but <laughs> no, they're waiting though. <laughs> they're waiting. Uh, trust me. Yeah. Be a tinkerer. Well, well thank goodness like for tinkerers <laughs> and, and curious folk. Uh, because otherwise what would we have certainly very little innovation in this world and these modular systems being among them uh rob thank you so much for joining us rob from atomicdesign.tv uh we hope to work with you again soon and uh we know this is just the beginning of a continued love affair Thank you both so much. This was absolutely wonderful. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, it such a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you. Thank we you. we will make it to Rock Lidditz. We will make it there. Yes. Yes. Open invitation, please. Thank I, would you. I have to tell you, I have to come because I got to see the uh, the gym and the um, Ninja Warrior. I've got to bring my daughter because she will just die to see that. That would please so do. Cool. Please and do. The next time I'm in PA, you can bet on it for sure. I'm coming. It awesome. looks fascinating. I look forward to it for sure. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for doing and for being. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Cheers, you guys. Hey, thank you for listening to Bolotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bolotified is a production of Bolotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bolotta. Stay engaging.